Hello and welcome to a Camino del Alma Minute. My name is Ernie Vecchio, a trauma psychologist turned wisdom teacher that is hiking and biking across the United States to remind people that their inner lives matter. Hey guys, some of you may find today's topic a little uncomfortable, but I wanted to discuss the culture's increased tendency to use the word evil to describe horrific events. Most recently, Ted Cruz said Texas once again had seen the face of evil following the deadly school shooting in Santa Fe. Trump called the shooting terrible violence and evil. An opinion piece in the New York Times labels the NRA as evil because it pays politicians to advocate the easy purchase of weapons. The Pope calls fake news evil and encourages that journalists search for truth. Lastly, a minister in a sermon recently said that evil begins in the mind as a lie about how to best resolve an inner dilemma. The person then accepts the lie as truth, internalizes it, and then acts accordingly. It is this last example of an internalized lie that I want to come back to later. But first, what is the definition of evil? Typically, it is considered profoundly immoral behavior with synonyms like wicked, bad, wrong, and sinful. The opposite or antonym for evil is, of course, good or virtuous. So there it is. Evil is a moral judgment that labels behavior as wicked or sinful. But what about ethics? It turns out that ethics refer broadly to moral principles and represent a larger context. I would argue that it is the context for moral behavior that has become blurry and confusing in our culture. I think we'd all agree that people that have simply done bad things can't be considered evil, or else we'd all be evil. Aristotle said that evil was a persistent habit of doing bad things, and that what sets evil people apart is that they know what they're doing is bad, but choose to do it anyway. Therefore, they act with malicious intent and don't care if what they're doing is harming you or me. Psychology labels these people sociopaths and as having antisocial personality disorders. In clinical terms, this means they have a pervasive pattern of disregard for the rights of others that begins in childhood or early adolescence and continues into adulthood. The phrase I want you to remember there is pervasive pattern. The reason is right now we are struggling to understand what is going on in the culture that is causing so many horrific things to happen. This most recent shooting, for example, the experts are saying that this young man had a clean slate prior to his decision to harm others. Understandably, when something horrible happens, we want answers. Sadly, when we can't find one, in our pain and frustration, we tend to call this horrific behavior evil. But is there a pattern in the culture that we're missing? I will tell you that based on my work with trauma and based on my psycho-spiritual understanding of what it means to be human, with some degree of certainty there is a pattern. Let's examine some statistics. USA Today wrote a story not too long ago that mental illness is overwhelming the criminal justice system. 56% of state prisons and 45% of federal prisons are dealing with mental health issues. 
Mental illness is also a societal problem. The World Health Organization reports that the number one problem for American teenagers is depression. Meanwhile, antidepressant use overall in the United States has increased 400% in the last two decades. Experts predict that 50% of Americans will have a mental illness in their lifetime, 6% of adults in a given year, which equals over 14 million people. I will tell you that in my 40-year career as a professional helper, the last 25 years as a psychologist, I would say that we are not only getting sicker, but more of us are having problems than in previous generations, and it's starting early with our young. So let's get back to the definition of evil, particularly the one by the minister. That evil is something that begins in the mind as a lie, as an idea of how to best resolve an inner dilemma. Then it's accepted as truth, internalized, and then later acted out. This minister accidentally has described what a thought disorder or a mental illness is. Essentially, if left unattended, it is the precursor for personality disorder in general. And according to the experts, one in two of us will have this problem in our lifetime, 14 million possibly in a given year. Guys, this would mean that half the country is potentially evil or en route to having some sort of ego dysfunction. It is this latter possibility, ego dysfunction, that I have witnessed get worse in the culture. So what is the pattern everybody is looking for? In short, we have generations of people with an inner dilemma, which is no clear or healthy context for truth. Seeing no way to resolve the problem, they make up that they or someone else is to blame, go through the motions of a life, leaving them vulnerable for something dramatic to happen. This fake it till you make it is not evil, but rather a form of psychospiritual neglect and emotional naivete. People, especially our young, have to be taught how to suffer with their inner lives. This is and always has been the path to forming compassionate human beings. Instead, in 2018, we're still focused on how to behave, while our youth are being exposed to a never-ending gag reel of hypocrisy and contradictions. The boomers remember this problem, and we confronted it head-on. This meant we looked at our parents and caretakers at the time and said, I know what you think, believe, and feel. Now, if it's okay with you, I'm going to form my own opinion. But in truth, the boomers set out into the world to find other role models, other points of view, in addition to their parents. Imagine teenagers today attempting to do the same thing. Are they clear about what their parents think, believe, and feel? What has prepared them for the overwhelming hypocrisy and mixed messages in the culture? Can they find role models outside their families? For that matter, do they see an alternative to the narcissism flooding their world? We keep saying sadly that today's bizarre events are the new normal, which we all agree is abnormal. And now we're labeling the new normal evil. Normal or mental health is achieved when one's inside world is congruent with their outside world, not the reverse. But this alignment is impossible if people are cut off from their inner lives. 
Or worse, if the outside world has become so psychotic that even reality testing has become grossly impaired. A lack of compassion for self and others is a real divide in our culture, and guilt and shame is responsible. Human beings are meant to suffer themselves awake, but somehow our suffering is being used against us as an excuse to do harm. Compassion has to be taught, mirrored, and modeled by example. It begins with self-care before it can be shared with others. Before we can treat others the way we wish to be treated, we have to feel worthy of what we're wishing for, which is love. It seems many of us don't. We have long known that victims often victimize others, but is their internal dilemma a lie? Or is it that there's more of them today than we could have ever imagined? How is that possible? So in closing, it's important to note that moral victims will harshly judge others, while ethical victims feel that because they've been judged, they will not judge others. But still, this compassionate decision is learned and only possible when our inner lives matter. See you on the trail. Thank you for listening to O Camino del Alma Minute. Again, my name is Ernie Vecchio, a trauma psychologist and wisdom teacher that has created a context for your adversity that once you understand it will absolutely change your life. You can follow my pilgrimage as I continue to cross the country at both ErnieVecchio.com and InnerLivesMatter.com. Hope to see you on the trail. Mm-hmm.